right, guys, welcome to the New Rich Podcast. I am your host, RS Plaza. Today, I'm super excited for our special guest. Um, man, I don't even, I should have like really just wrote an intro, but I'm going to speak from my heart. This guy here, man, was one of the first people to really grab hold of me. And everything that I talk about from mindset to, you know, business to a lot of just different things that I'm involved with, this is the guy that really transformed my way of thinking. So today I have Ron Gallagher. How you doing today, Ron? Uh, I'm doing just cheeky there, <laughs> Brian. All right. So, Ron, normally we introduce yourself. Give them your one-minute spiel. What do you do? Who are you? Uh, you know, I'm a 71-year-old entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and uh, I've uh, uh, been around for a long time in the business world, and uh, I own uh, Alrod Enterprises, which has... Uh, uh, five sub- subsidiary corporations under it, and then I have other corporations, an interpublications corporation that deals with Christian music, and then I have a real estate holding company called American Solutions Inc. And uh, basically, uh, the nucleus of my businesses are circumvent around taxation and how to avoid paying unnecessary taxes to both the federal government and the state governments and local governments. Nice. So we'll jump into um, the whole tax thing and all of that uh, later on. But a quick backstory on how I met Ron. So I was at this point in my life where I was living in my hometown and I worked at a Kohl's department store. And I was working at this Kohl's department store and we literally like helped build it up. And it came from building it up to now, like them giving me eight hours a week. And I was just kind of at this point in my life that I knew I had to make a decision. I knew I had to pivot and it was just something like really speaking to me and saying, you know, make a move. So I text two people that I just figured out that for some reason these two people came to my mind and I, and I text them. And one of them was like, hey, you need to meet my boss, Ron. You know, you're always talking about business and he's really big into business and you need to meet him. So long story short, he set it up within like a week. I'm sitting at a long table outside of this guy's backyard um, meeting him. So, Ron, do you remember that day? Oh, I do. I really do, Ryan. And uh, you impressed me. You really did with the, your enthusiasm into jumping into the world. So I wanted to capitalize on that if I could. And I believe it, I did. And that's what I want to talk about. Like, you know, I was just sitting at this table with you and, you know, little did I know that, you know, after this, you know, you would become, you know, it's what, 10 years now that I've been around you. So I didn't know at that moment that this would be a life changing um, opportunity, but what was it at that moment that you were like, man, like, who is this kid? Let me, let me help this kid out. Like, what was it at that point? Basically, Ryan, what I see is that, uh, in society today, that there's a lot of individuals that want to get ahead in life, but they're afraid to reach out and ask about getting ahead in life. They're afraid to, um, approach someone, uh, uh with, uh, some thoughts or questions. And I was really impressed that you gave, uh, you wasn't uh, shackled by the, uh, by those thoughts, and that you did come forward and you asked questions. And I was impressed with that because society in general these days don't do that at all. That's cool. That's cool. And yeah, and and like to me, you know, now now you know you're my mentor, and I label it as a mentor. And we we're kind of talking off air about a mentor. But you know, what do you feel like? I feel a lot of people say, you know, they don't understand the mentorship or they want to go get a mentorship, but they don't really know how to go about getting a mentor. What would you describe a mentor as in your perspective? Well, a mentor is a is a teacher. He's uh, he, he's usually is a person a little bit older than you. And he's uh, he's talking from experience more than an educational 
uh, background. And uh, you should capitalize on that because uh, people that have made mistakes uh, uh, want to pass that uh, information on to people uh, so that they don't make, make the same mistakes they did. And it could get very costly uh, uh, if they don't follow their directions. Now, but some people would say, why would somebody want to mentor me? Like, like, especially in my case, you know, I was probably like 18 at the time. You know, you're an older gentleman, you know, multimillionaire. Like, why at that point? Like, some people get discouraged. Like, why would this successful person want to reach back down? So, like, in your perspective, you know, you're successful. Like, why take your time out and build other people up? Well, Ryan, it's, it's, it's righteousness prevails. Uh, you know, we're only on this earth for a short period of time. And we work all our life uh, to achieve a gold. Again, I'm 71 years old, and uh, I've been over every obstacle that possibly can, uh, you can possibly imagine. And I would like to reach out and help other people get over those obstacles so that they can meet their objective sooner than I met my objective. I did not have a mentor, and I wish I did. And I didn't have anyone that I could reach out to or question. I had to dig myself out of the hole several times. And I feel that I'd like to repay that back to society. So when I find a person that has enthusiasm and is a legitimate entrepreneur and wants to move forward, then if I can pay it forward, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Pay it forward. Nice. And, and it's funny that you lead into pay it forward. So going back into story mode, I meet you on, I remember like yesterday, it was like a Wednesday, the first time that we met. And um, Larry Wu, shout out to Larry Wu. He was here that day. Uh, ended up becoming good friends with him as well. Tommy Ray. So we were sitting in the back. And that was the first day. And then roughly like that Sunday, I get another call. I'm like, hey, we're over here having dinner you know, stop on by. So I stopped by and it was a few of us here again at the house and we're hanging out and I kind of bring up like my, my job situation. And I think at that point, like your mind started to, to spin and you're like, you know what, come by tomorrow and let me see what I have for you. But he's like, before you come by, make sure that you watch this movie. And you tell me to go watch this movie called Pay It Forward. And at the time I'm like, yo, why is this old man having me go watch this movie? Like, why? Like, what? Why? Like, I want, I want a job. I want to advance in life. Like, why is he having me watch this movie? And I ended up realizing why once I watched it. But what was your reasoning for you to tell me to go watch? And the movie's called Pay It Forward. What was your reason to tell me that off the beginning? Like, why would you want me to do that so early on? Well, you have to get a mindset. You have to figure out that you want to be successful in life. You uh, want to be rich and famous like everyone on this earth. Everyone wants that recognition, and they strive for it. Some people, it takes a short period of time. Others take years. And uh, they don't, they, in doing so, they leave behind a lot of their good friends, a lot of their connections, and they just forget about them. And they forget about how they got to where they're at. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have helped me get to where I'm at, and I don't forget that. And I feel that I should pay it back. So when I see someone like yourself 10 years ago with the enthusiasm and the chemistry of being an entrepreneur, then I want to move forward. And I'm telling you, okay, I'll help you. But remember, you're going to have to help somebody else. With that type of a mindset, you, you turn out to be, you have a goal, you have an objective, and it, it, it's a self a 
satisfaction. It's satisfaction. Yeah, and it definitely is. And I think that's something, honestly, that modeled me up to this day, right? There's a lot of the times where, like, I'm giving things away or I'm out in the community doing charitable work. But I think it's because of that foundation that you laid for me is, like, always pay it forward. So whenever I felt, like, even myself, like, reaching outside the box and getting help and and, and doing other things, like, you know what? I got to take this same time and whatever capacity, you know, like, obviously, I'm not rich and famous, but whatever capacity I could do it at, I've always felt almost obligated to do it from, you know, based at that foundation. So another thing that going into story mode, one of that, I remember being at that, at that table and talking that first day I met you and, and you were like almost interviewing me without interviewing me. I felt like, like randomly throughout the night, you just asked me like very subtle questions and wait for my response and see how I responded. And one of the questions that you asked me one of the first days was, do you make your bed in the morning? And like, I, again, it was one of those weird questions. I'm sure I've asked you a whole bunch of weird questions too, but um, it was one of those questions that I'm, I just didn't really understand at the time. And up to that point, I was like 18, 19. I never made my bed ever. And now, you know, I'm, I'm 29. I make my bed every single day, again, based off of a philosophy that you taught me. So why was it that you and your, I know, but for our listeners, why did you tell me to make my bed or why were you curious about me making my bed? Well, Ryan, you have to start the day right, and you have to be organized. And if you get out of bed and your bed's a mess, that means you're going to start the day as being a mess. However, if you take the time to organize the bed so that it is in uh, sleeping condition when you get home, you're organized for the night. So you've started your day off by being organized, which is one of the key factors in success. Yeah. Without having a regimen of organization in your mind, standard operating procedures, you're not going to be successful. So to practice and being successful, you force yourself to do things that you normally wouldn't do so that you can bring yourself into some type of organization. Yeah, right. you'd always tell me, like, you know, be in control, show that you're in control, you know, and it's funny because, like, I would walk away from my bed after making my bed. I was like, yeah, I made my bed, you know, and it's that satisfaction. And I get it like, you know, one controlling, controlling the things that you know you could control. And I think that was one thing for me that it really taught me was like, you know, control as much as that I could control. And if I have the ability to control it, why not control it and be in control of what's going on around me? And you always said that, too, like, don't. You always tell me, don't make decisions off of emotions, right? So, like, let's elaborate that. Like, why not make decisions? What, what was the, why is that so important to you? Particularly in this day and age, uh, uh, Ryan, that uh, most people are looking for immediate satisfaction. Most of the youngins out there, uh, if you ask them what they want to do, uh, they, want, uh, they want these uh, high-tech games, and they want them immediately, and they want that immediate satisfaction, uh, they want to win the game before they even play it. So in order to, uh, uh, to get around that, you, you have to be uh, more, more emotional uh, to the thing that you have to uh, have a reason for doing what you're doing and that, uh, that, that the outcome of that will be um, uh, 
uh, distant. They, you're getting into responsibility. You're taking on some responsibility, like the older generation took on the responsibility of of, of taking care of their parents. And now uh, what happens is that we're putting our parents in assisted living facilities. Yeah, yeah. And so, so we got we uh, nobody at its immediate satisfaction. This is the way we'll handle our parents. We'll put them in an assisted living facilities. Uh, well, uh, years ago. Uh, uh, the, the, that would be unheard of. Yeah, and yeah. and so we have to get back to the old uh, the old school on on um, having a little bit of responsibility. A little bit of pain comes along with success, and you can't have immediate satisfaction. But I noticed in this day and age in our society, the millennial group uh, per se are very um, uh, uh, orientated to immediate satisfaction. And we have to we have to stop that. We have, we, we can't. Uh, we're not allowed to have immediate satisfaction. It, it, they, they you have like to earn microwave. it. Yeah, they call it like the, we're like living a microwave ever now. You know, everybody wants things. You know, heated up super fast and and, and you know lightning speed. And they got to peel the potato first before, you, and then they don't yeah, even, yeah. they don't want to peel the potato. They just want to eat it. And uh, of course, that's going to lead to some to disasters. <clears throat> that's so true. So. A lot about the podcast and New Rich is about mindset. And I love to just talk about mindset because I feel like personally that's one of the biggest things for me. Once I shifted my mindset, a lot of things started to shift for me. Um, I remember you telling me these stories and like I think that that's like the basis of our relationship. We would always sit down for hours and you'd tell me these different stories. And I feel like I always got to learn through your stories. And you told me this story about I'm like, I would always ask you crazy questions like, Ron, are you a millionaire or how much money do you walk out with? I'm like, have you ever lost a million dollars? I remember one day I was like, have you ever lost a million dollars? And he was like, well, you know, I lost 800,000 on one deal at one point. And I want to talk about like, you know, losing 800,000, what mindset like, you know, and, and you came up to be, you know, come back and be emerge successful and get out of there. But what mindset like at that point, you didn't just lay down and say, all right, this is it. It's like, what mindset did it take for you to just keep going and, and persevere to get back to where you are now? Uh, that's a very touchy subject on that $800,000. <laughs> I bet, I bet. <laughs> they, uh, it hurt real bad. But basically what it led to is, is that I got myself involved with some individuals who I trusted. And uh, you like to go through life and trust people. And uh, you want to give those people the recognition that you believe is true and faithful. Uh, however, in this particular case, it wasn't. Uh, they set me up for the kill, and they took the kill. So after the incident was over with, and uh, uh, I had to uh, recapture my ability and recapture my faith in, in, in the losses that I, had, that I had made, so what I wanted to do is I figured, why, how did I get in the situation that I was in, and how did I lose $800,000? Yeah. And <clears throat> what happened was is that I trusted. And what you have to do is you gotta, you gotta put psychology in. Everyone out there, everyone out there wants recognition. Everyone wants to be rich and famous like we started off to say here today. But some people won't achieve that goal legitimately. Other people will. Yeah. I was on the legitimate end and the, the criminal end took took hold, 
And you'll find that to, to be very true. So when you get into a deal with people, you have to analyze and make sure that the deal that you're getting into is from the heart, from the heart of the other person and from your heart, that it's a straight shoot and every righteousness will prevail. You're doing the right thing and they're doing the right thing. Once you detect or suspect that there, there may be some underhanded playing, you should bail out. And I knew better. With my background, I knew better that I was suspicious of, uh, of what was happening and uh, I was suspicious that, th that something was going to go wrong. And in fact, it did, but I didn't bail out. So I didn't pay attention to my senses. So pay attention to your say Your gut tells you all the time if it's a good or a bad deal. We all know what's right and wrong. We don't need God to tell us, although God is very important in our lives, but we don't need the society to tell us. We don't need the police to tell us. We all know what's right and wrong. And on top of that, we all know when somebody's doing something wrong to us. Mm -hmm. So if we don't react to that and we allow them to abuse us, we're going to come up with the short end of the stick and we're going to be a loser. Yeah, definitely. But like, what mindset though? Like, do, do you feel like there was any mindset that you had to channel, like, to get back up from that moment? Like, you know, it, it's like losing all that money. Like, where do I go from right now? Well, the, the mindset was in what I had said. What the mindset is is that I learned, and I learned what not to do. Okay. And I learned uh, how to proceed and how to correct my mistakes for the future. Uh, how to talk to people, how to trust people. It's an art in itself to trust people. Oh, yeah, definitely. Trust, trust is only a, uh, a fraction of an, of, of an inch away from love. Yeah. So, yeah. so you have to be able to really love somebody in order to get into a, uh, an $800,000 deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have to take all that into consideration. Anything short of that is speculation. Speculation is like throwing the dice at the crap table. Mm -hmm. And you, you're either going to win or you're going to lose, which most people do. But when you find that right person to have a deal with, and you'll know because your heart's going to tell you that this guy's straight and he's a good shooter. But on the flip side of the coin, your heart will also tell you in little ways that this may be a bad deal. But because you're so eager to get recognition, yeah. you're going to do the deal and you're going to get stung. Yeah, this is intuition, man. Sometimes we, 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 we fall away from that intuition. So you were a New York City cop, right? And then transitioned to be an entrepreneur. So some people, you know, started off straight entrepreneur. But I feel like some people battle with, you know, going from like a corporate setting to, you know, like a more of an entrepreneurial setting. How was that transfer from you to being a cop and then to going into business? Was, do you feel like there was a parallel between those? Or was it like a new experience for you? Ryan, I can honestly say that I became a cop because I wanted to help people out. I think I've had this big drive, and I think that's part of my success. I've spent more time helping people out and reaching out and doing the right thing for other people, and in return, the rewards have come twofold. Some people may say it's spiritual. Others may say it's luck. Or maybe uh, it could be other things. But in my opinion... Uh, when I was a cop, I was uh, I really wanted to uh, do, uh, render service to the general public, and I did. And then when I re uh, retired from there, and I, I started uh, uh, out in business, actually helping people uh, in the back of a church uh, uh, to do taxes. And uh, 
when my wife passed away, I picked up the pieces and uh, uh, went on to the next stage. But I continued to do that. And I think that's where I've got to pay it forward. Uh, scenario. And that's where I say righteousness prevails because it's right to help somebody else out. And somehow the rewards just kept coming and coming. So and every time I did something right, uh, uh, another a twofold came back. So and, the, and in society in general, when you treat them right and you, uh, you cater to the uh, uh, to the underdog per se, and in my business we are the little, uh, the little man's advocate. We deal with uh, the lawn care businesses and the uh, um, the pool cleaning businesses, you know, and the little carpenters and that type of stuff. They can't afford to walk into a CPA firm and pay yeah. one hundred and fifty dollars an hour, and or they can or, or or even get an attorney to represent them in in some small contractual negotiations. So. I do all that, and I do it uh, at a cost to me, but if you do it in volume, it kind of transitions me into success. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, after 32 years, it's, it's, it's no stopping it. It's just reputation has, has taken hold, and uh, it's, it's, it's perpetual now. That's dope. So with... with you know, with success, right? And, and, and you're successful in your own right. And a lot of people, you know, always talk about the flashy things with success and the shiny things. You know, once I was able to be successful, I was able to do this. I think success also comes with a lot of trials and, and tribulations. And I think, you know, looking at, at, at your past, you've dealt with a lot of trials and tribulations. So do you feel like, you know, like what comes with success? Like what are the negative things that you felt that you've had to deal with as you became more successful? Well, I guess I, I, I'm going to skip over all that. I'm going to go right to the end of successful. At 71 years old, you're successful. And then you say, now what? Yeah, that's good. So the drive is being becoming successful, but becoming successful in a right manner and doing the right thing and getting a self-sense of satisfaction and moving through life and not cheating anyone to, uh, so that you can ride around in a big car or, or uh, conning somebody so that you can take somebody's life savings away from them. What you have to do is do the right thing. Because in the end, when you get to success, and I am there, and I say to myself on a daily basis, now what? Yeah. What is the love? So the focus in the career was accomplishing the career not becoming rich and famous. That's true. Now, did you ever feel that, like, was there anything that, looking back now, that you have maybe done differently? Or, like, in that chase, like, in that pursuit for it? Like, did you ever want it so much that you bought people? Like, like there's anything that you look back at now that says, you know, I would have maybe done it differently. Or do you sit back and say, you know, it is what it is, I'm here now? I don't believe I would have done anything different than where I, I think it was my mindset, like you put it. I believe it was my, uh, my self-theories, righteousness prevails, pay it forward, that type of stuff. And I, I don't think I would do it differently. I think the key thing was, is that I was retired from the, uh, the NYPD, and I had uh, income. So when I started out to be an entrepreneur, I really wasn't worried about 
finances. So that helped a lot. Meanwhile, most people that start out as an entrepreneur, they have to feed the wife, they have to feed the kids, and it gets very difficult uh, uh, to put the money back into the business and take care of the domestic scene at the same time, which is a big drawback. So I think, I, I don't believe I would have done it any different because I had everything set and planned of what I was gonna do. And it worked out for me, and uh, I don't feel that there's anything there that I would have changed as far as uh, the entrepreneurial side. I did take some losses and some heavy hits. I learned my lessons on those, and I went ahead and uh, uh, changed my ways of thinking with other people, and I tried to stress myself on how to identify those people that wanted to get into my pockets. That's good. And, and i not the one that wanted to get into their pockets. I just wanted to make it happy. And I think I, I just thought about this, Richard, and I think I've said this to you many times. It's got to be a win-win situation. situation yeah. Yeah. It's got to be you got to come out smelling like a rose. I have to come out smelling like a rose. And when everyone else uh, around you in the deal comes out smelling like a rose, you have a rose. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, to, to kind of like start start to wrap it up, um, you always say that there's two driving forces that drive people. And me and you, we talk about this all the time. What are those true driving forces that you believe drive people and why it is? Like, Elaborate on that for me. Well, let's go back to the police days. Uh, when I arrested somebody, I always arrest, arrested them for some type of a crime. And then when you would talk to, uh, say, rob a bank, uh, uh, break into a house, and you find out that they were stealing, and you would find out why, why did you why, why'd you break into the house, why'd you rob the bank? So that they get money and they, can, uh, and they can spend their money and they could be a big shot. So what it boils down to is recognition. So the big thing was is that every crime that's ever committed out there is basically committed for two reasons. One is recognition. Rob a bank so you can get money, so you can have that big car. Break into somebody's house so you can steal their money. So that it's always something behind being patted on the back. So recognition is a big motivator in everyone's life. And the second most important thing to stay in control of is the sexual drives. Yeah, sexual absolutely. drives, uh, uh, when I go back to the cop days, it was rape and... Uh, uh, and, and all sorts of immoral things that were taking place. So the two things that people get arrested for were those. And it's the same thing in business. Everybody is motivated by recognition, which is the key thing. You can't get rich on sex unless you open one of those red lighthouses. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, the, but the thing is, is that most people run on recognition. So that's their big drive, and it's the big key. And they have to understand that that's what's making them go. Yeah. That they're going, they're out there. They got to know that they're trying to sell, uh, satisfy their ego. They're trying to satisfy their id. And, that, and, and that's what's happening here. So, and if they can understand and control that and give somebody else a little bit of recognition, they'll get their recognition along with it. But when they reach out to try to steal all the recognition from themselves, complications arise and maybe the deal will fall through. Yeah. But it makes me think of the quote, and, and you hear it in quotes from songs and even biblically, um, you know, the pride cometh before the fall. And, you know, it's something that I always like, kind of like, 
locked in on and tried to understand because I know as like a young guy, I, I tasted certain things early on and it was easy to become like big headed or airheaded or, or boast or, or get around a certain area. But then like I would remember, I would think I would always remember that like, hold on, pride comes before the fall. So like, you know, be careful where like you would say like recognition, like, you know, don't try too hard to be recognized um, because it, it's, it, you know, it's, it's very easy once you're trying too hard for that to fall apart for you. So I always, I always valued those, those like ideologies that you have. Now, if you were to give one person, like if you had to just give them that one gem of success, like the, this is the last thing that you could leave, the last advice for somebody, what would that be? You know, 71 years of knowledge, you know, what is like one thing if, you know, to sum it all up, what is your one piece of advice? Righteousness prevails and then do the right thing and success will be automatic. It's when you do the wrong thing is when things fall apart for you. Yeah. And stop rationalizing. <laughs> Everyone rationalizes their position. Why? Because it goes back to the recognition mode. They want to be right. They don't want to be wrong. There is nothing wrong with saying, I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah and I think that's one thing that you'd always tell me early on, because I remember you would yell at me or tell me something in the office. And I would just be like, you know what, Ron? You're right. I'm wrong. Okay, what, what do we do now? Mm. And I, I think that, that was, that's helped me so much in my life over and over. Because you know, you, and, and the cool thing about that is that you shine light that you like that. So like for me, it was like it almost, it almost made me want to not only do the right thing, but like man up to my wrong things. You know, because I wasn't as afraid because you, you kind of applauded like, okay, shit, I messed up. But what now? What can we do to fix this now? And, and, and you would tell me, okay, well, now we got to do this. And also, Ron, you would always tell me for every business book that I read to pick up a psychology book, and you would always tell me, like, like figure out how the other person thinks. So, so throughout my life, I was always trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes and kind of think of that psychology piece. Why do you feel like there's such a parallel between understanding psychology and being in business? Well, it takes human beings to run a business, and therefore you have to be inside the human being's head and understand what makes them tick. We've discussed recognition, we've discussed uh, the motivations of, uh, the psychological motivations of individuals that get in trouble and, and what motivates them uh, to move forward, like uh, uh, making your bed in the morning and getting organized and that type of stuff. It's all psychology. So it's good to have a basic understanding of psychology when you're uh, dealing with another individual or a partner or, or a contractual relationship with someone else to understand what this person needs and what this person wants uh, out of this uh, deal that you're getting into. And what society wants when you're selling something. What, uh, all the marketing campaigns that are out there are all based on, on individual psychology and trends, uh, human trends. So it isn't a bad idea to read psychology books to find out exactly how the human mind ticks. Yeah, that's so good. So now you're at the top of your game, you know, you're at the latter years of your, of your career. You have all of this money. What are you going to do with it? What do you do? You know, that you ever sit back and say, okay, what is next? What do I do with all this money? Like we have this conversation a lot. I'm like, what are you gonna do next? And you're like, you know, there's nothing really for me to money wise like to chase anymore because you've made all the type of money that you can imagine. Like, what do you do with all this money now? Like, you ran it up. Well, now that I'm in this mode now and have all this money, what I got to do is I got to figure out how to put it back into society so the cycle can start all over again. 
And that's interesting because you can't take it with you, right? You can't take it with but you. But it's interesting. We, we, we chase it so much like we need it, we want it. And then like, it's like you get there and what? It isn't the money. <laughs> it is not the money. Success is not money. Success is achieving your goals and making you feel good about what you're doing in life. That's success. You don't have, you could pump gas and be the best uh, gas filler of, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and you enjoy it. Or well, the best mechanic. It's what you enjoy uh, out of life. That, uh, and, and that's what success is all about. And, and I agree with you. And I think when I met you and around when I met you, as I, I started to create New Rich, but that to me what New Rich is about is changing that mindset of money's going to bring it all. Because when I actually got around money, like I, I don't have like that money, but when I got around you and other different people with money, I started to realize that the money didn't buy everything. The money wasn't going to buy the happiness. The money wasn't going to buy, you know, the success. But, but if I had, if I was happy, if I was, you know, if I had these other things, the money almost came with that. Like it was a byproduct of it. If you focused on being the happy, focused on all of this and not the money as a driver. You're absolutely right. You have to focus on, on the right thing to do in life and in society. You have to treat your peers correctly. You have to uh, treat society correctly, uh, obey the laws, uh, uh, enter into negotiations in a correct and righteous manner. And I guarantee you, you will have success and you will have accomplished and make yourself feel really good. The dollar has nothing to do with it. I you agree. will get your recognition, but a mere fact that you, uh, uh, that you uh, have done the right thing, and you'll get, and that will, the two things, the, that yeah. recognition will be satisfied. That's so true, he's gonna please it. Well, Ron, thank you so much for taking your time out. I know you're ultra busy. I was able to pin you down. We had to get it on a Sunday. Um, squeeze it in into the, the schedule. So thank you so much. I, I want to say I appreciate everything you have done for me, the knowledge, the wisdom. And I feel like it was only right for me to put it on um, wax and have the listeners listen to the knowledge and wisdom from you. So thank you so much, Ron. Well, it was my pleasure. And, uh, you know, that's I really love you, Ryan. <laughs> and I, I wish you the best of luck thank with you. New Rich. And if you need um, any of your taxes, business, incorporated, all of that good jazz, reach out to Al Ron. Reach out to me. I'll connect you if you're having any tax issues, if you're having any business issues, you need negotiations, uh, give us a call. Let us know. I'll connect you with Ron. So anyways, thank you again, and welcome to the New Rich Podcast. Make sure you go to BeNewRich.com. New